Hello. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Okay, I'm going to start. Um, th- hello, everybody. This is the MS is Messy podcast. This is Wednesday, October 14th. And I'm joined by my good friend of many years, Joni, who is uh, living in Florida right now. And uh, we're just going to do our little catch-up uh, phone call that we have every few weeks to kind of see where we're at. Um, anyway, Joni, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Good. Uh, it's good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. I appreciate it. So how did we first meet? Do you remember? Uh, it was at um, the it was at Illinois uh, Public- Action Days. Oh, Action Days, yeah, like the public policy that we did in D.C. Right, that's but, what it was. But we do this, we did it in Springfield at this time, I, I think I remember. Um, gosh, that was many years ago. That I was, was just going to say, that was a long time ago. That had to be, what, close to 15 years ago, right? Yeah, probably was. Wow, it's hard to believe. Wow. <laughs> it's hard to believe. I know. Yeah, I, you were uh, you were in charge and gave me some very good advice if I remember yeah I, I know I remember meeting you and uh this cute cute thing sitting in the corner and I'm like you're like ready to go and and I said something about well you have a wheelchair right and you said no I don't think I'm gonna need it I'm like oh yes you will um Springfield and, is yes, I did. and you did Springfield is is uh, a huge capital building um as big as as anything that we saw in DC. So I, I'm glad that I gave you that suggestion because I am very glad you gave me that suggestion. I'm, I'm very glad I took your advice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. It was the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Yes, it was. It was. So <laughs> tell, tell, uh, tell the audience a little bit about your MS journey when you were diagnosed, what kind of symptoms, so on and so forth. Um, I was actually diagnosed in 1997. Been a while, um, mm-hmm. but in 1992, I had optic neuritis, and you know that's just the classic sign of, of MS. And I went to an ophthalmologist, and I think he didn't want to be the bearer of bad news, so he said, after all the tests, he said, "Well, it could be stress, it could be lupus, it could be MS." And I said, well, how will I know? And he said, um, it will manifest. Just uh, the disease will manifest and that's how you'll know. So he just kind of, he sent me on my way. He didn't say follow up with the neurologist. You know, you might want to do this, that or the other thing. He just sent me on my way. So I said, well, and I kind of knew in the back of my mind that it was probably MS. I just knew enough about the disease that I thought, okay, could be. And not that I really was having other stuff that I could attribute to it, but I just thought, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. But I was fine otherwise. And at the time, I had two little kids. I was working full time um, and traveling. And my husband was traveling for his job too. So, I mean, it was a very busy life. And I said, okay, well, for now, we're just going to call it stress. And then in 97, my right side went numb and, you know, dragging my right foot and all that kind of stuff. I said the worst thing was I couldn't hold, I couldn't hold a pen, but really it was, I couldn't hold my eyeliner. I couldn't, I I just, I couldn't, 
I had no. Um, so it affected your whole right side, not just your bottom, not just your leg. No, my whole right side. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. But that, yeah. but that subsided the upper half of your body, right? Yeah, for the most part, yes. Um, it well, yeah, it it did. I'd say it's it's coming back now. The weakness is coming back of my upper body, but not horribly. But no, my right leg is still is bad. Right, right. So what happened after that? What was your first medication that you went on? Uh, first medication was betaseron. Right. And I really didn't like that. And I, I was not very compliant. I don't even know how long I took it. Um, if it was a year, I'd be surprised. I doubt that it was. And I finally fessed up to my doctor that I wasn't taking it. Oh. He said, okay, well, let's try something else. So was I that Dr. On. Frank? Mm, yes, it was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he said, okay, then let's try Copaxin. So I didn't mind. Copaxin. Did you go to Copaxin? Is that what you said? Oh, Copaxin. Yes, yeah. Copaxin. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't, it wasn't horrible. It's just that I had such bruises I mean my, my uh, the reactions were were bad and right you know you just run out of places and you just feel like a pin cushion and yeah because copaxin is a day daily it was a daily injection at that point right daily injection copaxin yep daily injection and so I did that for a while and then I stopped yeah. And it's, you know, it's not like they know it, that you're doing it. The doctor doesn't know, you know. Right, so right. So getting away with it. And I just told myself, well, I've got a 30% chance, they say, of this working or of this helping, right. I guess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, looking back on it, you would take those odds in a lottery game. Right. <laughs> Get a 30% yeah. chance of winning. But I didn't look at it that way. And, yeah. you know. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It was probably right. slowing down something along the way, but I just let right. it march on. And I right. really didn't have yeah. any, I didn't have any big stuff happen. Right. Like no major no major relapses or anything is no, what you're saying. No, I really didn't. I really didn't have relapses. So I was I was getting away scot free kind of. Mm -hmm. And then um and then in 2006, um, I went out of town on business alone and had a big flare-up, big flare-up. And I was in Las Vegas. Because you were you working know, for the airlines, right? Um, not at this point, no. No, uh, but I okay. was I was in Las Vegas to look at uh, space for a convention my company okay. was going to have a convention so you know you know Vegas is gigantic and yeah it's mm -hmm. set up so that you have to walk through it anyway uh, mm -hmm. it was just it was horrible I just had a big relapse I couldn't get anywhere I don't even think I had a cane at that time so I couldn't I couldn't walk I mean I it was awful, awful. I couldn't mm -hmm. even get to the place where you rent the scooters I'd have somebody else do right. that it, it was always oh, right. awful. anyway so that's when I said, okay, I guess it's time I do something. And I probably went back on Copaxin until 
Taisabri was approved. Okay. So I went on Taisabri in either 2006 to 2007, August. Mm-hmm. That August. And so then I was on Taisabri for six and a half years and did great. Did great. Right. Never had any Good. big flare ups. Um, mm-hmm. Don't think I went downhill a whole lot. I mean, I really don't think I had a, a lot of progression. Right. Um, but that's been eight years now. Yeah. So, yeah. So, t- so, t- so the Tosabri is a once a month infusion. Yes. Right? Once Still? And it just worked, worked really well for me. Um, it was interesting because one of the uh, times when I was getting an infusion, there was a woman next to me also getting a Tosabri infusion. We started talking, and my symptoms have always been physical, and hers are more cognitive, mm-hmm. and she said that she had a big flare-up, and when she was in the hospital, she was telling people that she was divorced, and she didn't have children, and, um, or no, she was married, and no children, and all this stuff, and she's not married, she has a child, and she just was totally off with everything. And, wow. Yeah. And so we started doing talks together for Biogen, which is the company that makes um, Tysabri, because right. we had completely different stories, and the drug helped both of us. Her, you know, she had no cognitive issues. I had no physical symptoms. And the same drug worked for both wow. of us. Yeah, it was, it was something. Yeah. I was on Tosabri for, as you know, for a couple of years and really liked it while I was on it. Um, but but there's so many um, <laughs> bad side effects for long term. So, as you know, because you're back on it, right? Yeah. Right now. I am back on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I hope it I hope it works. Yeah. I hope it works for you and you're able to stay on it. I, I am too. I just saw yeah. just today. So. Oh, yeah. How'd that go? Uh, good. Good. Um, talked about a couple of things, and he explained to me because I, I asked the question, "What it shows up in an MRI that's different from a um, an MS lesion? How does the PML, mm-hmm. which is the uh, possible side effect of uh, Isabel, right. right?" And he said that it is it um, diffuses in a different way. It shows up in a different area. It almost looks like a brain tumor. Um, it's so it's very um, recognizable. Okay, so they're trying to catch it with an MRI before you have symptoms of it. Is that what they're trying to do with the constant MRIs? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Catch even if you don't have oh, symptoms. Yeah. Oh, okay. But but is PML is not automatically a death sentence, is it? I mean, I think now they can um, give you blood transfusions and get get the drug out of your system. Oh, okay. And uh, I think that they have ways to mitigate it if you catch it right away. Right, but, right. You know, you just, I, I it's, it's, it's a tough call. Everybody has to make their own choices, obviously. But um, I know that Tysabri won't do for me what it did for me, you know, eight years ago because I've progressed. And it's right. not going to make that come back. 
but I am right. choosing quality of life. Right, right. I'm hoping. No, I agree. You know, I agree with you. I, I was talking to Eileen, who who did the HSCT, um, and uh, you know, that's the, the pretty you know, um, involved process right. of the stem right. cell. You know, and she um, she said the same thing. If you had if whatever state you were at is you're not going to regain anything by having that, but it's just going to hopefully stop everything in its tracks. Right. Um, right. So um, I think that's, that's kind of what we're hoping with all these medications until we find a cure that it just stops it from, from progressing. Right. And, uh, and I feel so but, much better than I did about when I was on Ocopus. Just so Oh, really? So uh, wow. already thankful for that. Uh-huh. I don't have the constant UTIs, so that's a good thing yeah. too. Yeah. So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with it. I've had three infusions since uh, I went on it again. And uh-huh. and he didn't say, you know, let's stretch them out. So I'm happy about that. So I'm still going to get them every four weeks. That's good. That's good. Um, being down in Florida during the summer, during this quarantine how what was that like having ms well summer in florida is horrible for ms and quarantine mm-hmm. or no it didn't really, doesn't yeah. make any difference i'm quarantined in summer yeah it's just miserable um yeah it i sort of compare it to the winter in that you still go out you know you can walk right. into the store and or in and out of a doctor's appointment and you're not going right. to die of the heat or die of the cold. Um, though right. I, can, I can still do that. But my energy is so zapped so quickly. Um, yeah. That, yeah, I, I, I don't even get in the swimming pool in the summer. Yeah. It's just yeah. too I, hot. Yeah, I hear you. We, you know, we had a pool here, too, for uh, quite a while. And ended up getting rid of it a couple of years ago just because it was getting you know with all the kids gone and I was the only one that was using it and it was getting harder and harder to get in and out of it for me so it just didn't make a lot of sense to have it but um it, it's nice to have once you're in it to cool to cool off for sure yeah oh definitely I'll use it again ours is not covered and so uh-huh. it makes it super hard in the in the when, um, in the summer but uh hopefully it's going to cool down here a couple of weeks and, yeah, and I'll be in. I'll I'll get back in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What what? Tell me about. Tell me about what else during COVID. How? But what other things did you feel like um, affected you negatively? You know, I I don't have that many complaints. It's only recently okay. that because things are um, people are getting more comfortable around here. Uh, we mm-hmm. were invited to someone's home. I think it's going to be like four couples, and mm-hmm. they were going to play this game Mexican Train. It's dominoes, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I, we yeah. have it. We love that game. And yeah. I got thinking about it, and I thought, you know, I'm not comfortable. I, I just, yeah, know that I'm comfortable. And we're coming back to Chicago, and, and until mm-hmm. that wedding is over and that trip is over I'd rather be super careful so I just said I didn't want to go and 
and it was more out of fear than anything to do with MS. Just, I, I just didn't want to put myself in that situation. They were a lot more comfortable than I was with right. that close right. contact and stuff. So I, I, you know, really can, it's sad to say, but when you're kind of <laughs> stuck inside and anyway, uh, yeah. and I, I don't know, it was a huge change. Um, for for me personally, right. Well, I felt the same way. I, you know, I definitely was in a better position than most people because I do spend a lot of time um, at home anyway. Right. So it wasn't as hard for me as people who are out of the house every right. day. Um, but I think we've all gotten used to being home more often in you know the last seven eight months. So um, I'm hoping we don't have to do this all winter. I know. As I. T- I know my kids, uh, as I was telling you yesterday, my kids get a little upset with me because I'm, I just, I got other things to be fearful of. And, and I'm not saying this isn't something to be fearful of, but I just don't think about it. Just like I don't think about what could happen with the MS. You know, if I lived in that place of constant fear, I would never do anything. You know, I'd be too anxious to go anywhere and do anything. So I, I'm not putting blinders on. I'm just continuing on with my life and obviously being very careful and, but uh, like I said, my kids are much more careful about me than I am and give me a hard time if they find out that I went out to dinner with somebody and there was more people at the restaurant than should have been and so on yeah. and so forth. I can't, I can't control everything, but you know, my feeling is that we're just going to have to learn to live with this a little bit and figure out ways to be safe. You know, there's just no, you know, we can't keep ourselves inside our homes forever. That and, and the fact that so many people are getting the treatments that they need because they're afraid to go into the doctors or, you know, or, or, you know, just get the maintenance kind of things that they need to get done for their own health. Right. right. And, and, but, you know, I've been able to get uh, my physical therapy um, throughout the whole thing. They, they were mm-hmm. considered essential. Um, today was my first face-to-face doctor appointment. So we're making some progress. And mm-hmm. so there's a couple of things that didn't change. So that was good too. So my life felt normal in a lot of ways. What what was right. really interesting is that some things happened, some really good things happened that never would have happened without COVID. Um, my son came, to, son and his girlfriend came down from Chicago and spent like a month with us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I never have spent that much time with him. I mean, they were working right. while they were here, but we still right. had so much time together, and it was it was just great. The weather was great. We were in yeah. the pool. It's, you know, it was just wonderful. So, you know, yeah. I actually had some good experiences. Yeah. I had the same thing. My daughter and, and uh, her husband stayed here for a month and uh, and also worked, but it was just nice to have you know, to be, I haven't been with, you know, with my grown daughter that amount of time and gosh, probably 10 years or something. Yeah. So it was, that was really nice. I, I agree with you. There was definitely some good things that came yeah. out of it. Um, but I'm ready to get back to normal, whatever the new normal right. looks like. Um, uh, yeah, so. I do too. There's um, like my MS group, no MS groups are meeting at all. The, the society won't let them. Oh, yep. I didn't know that. Um, our book club isn't meeting. The MS groups aren't meeting. Um, we can't have lunches. 
some of the clubs I'm in, we can't have lunches. So I'm looking forward to that normalcy for sure. Right. Are you involved with the MS Society at all no. down there? Yeah, because I said I got a questionnaire day before yesterday. They're trying to get feelers out on what, what people feel comfortable with as far as large groups going forward for the, you know, for the upcoming MS walk in, uh, in May and then the bike in, in June. Um, asking, you know, basically what, you know, if you'd feel comfortable with, with 500, if not with, with 200, if not with 100, if not with 50, you know, just t- trying to get feelers out for what people will feel comfortable with. Because I think they're trying to make that decision now on whether it's going to be a virtual event fundraising event or if it's going to be live you know so i I was just wondering if they were doing the same thing in florida yeah i do too it's just so you know last year and i had started early fortunately but um this came right in the middle of our fundraising season so everything really came to halt because you know how could you ask or i found found it incredibly hard to ask people for money when they were really didn't know if they were going to have a job or in many cases had lost a job um, right. So it was really, I, I found incredibly hard to fundraise, um, but it might, you know, it might be a little bit easier this next go around in, you know, in the spring in that people have had a year to kind of live with it and kind of figure out where right. they're at, right. you know, finance wise. And, you know, as we know, MS doesn't go away. It doesn't take a break, you know, <laughs> nope. it, it doesn't, it doesn't care about nope. the, uh, the pandemic and uh, it just keeps on coming. So it's here to stay. Yeah. That's here to stay. Well, that's all I had. I, I didn't, I, I just wanted to touch bases with you. We've been talking about doing this and I really appreciate you taking the time out. And is it, you know, to end, I just wanted to ask if there's any advice you would give to maybe somebody who's newly diagnosed. One of the doctors that I saw, I kind of interviewed doctors and finally settled on Dr. Frank, mm-hmm. as you know. Um, but one of the doctors mm-hmm. I saw just, looked at us and he said you know your life's not over this is not the end of the world and I thought I was newly diagnosed and I was like yes it is this is so mm-hmm. you know I didn't know what to expect what your future but the next day is going to be you know you, you're wondering if you're, do I wake up and one day I just can't get out of bed how does this work and I right. think what he was saying is don't obsess about it just go on with your life and right and and as it turns out, that's pretty much what I did. And when it catches up to you, it catches up to you. But it's, it is it is something that you can deal with. Right, right. Well, yeah, I, Dr. Frank, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I, that's great advice. I Dr. Frank was my first neurologist as well. But back then, I was diagnosed about a year before you were. And one of my first questions was, can I still exercise? And he said, absolutely not. But that's how little yep. they knew about MS yes. at that point. Um, he, you know, he obviously for the for the heat sensitivity and things uh, like that. You know, obviously, you know, you, you feel bad, or you, you might feel bad if you build up too much heat, which you can do when you're working out. Um, but as we both know, after living it with so many years, you just rest a little bit and kind of build up your stores and of energy and go back okay. at it. You know, so. Um, but yeah, he said that. That was that was kind of disappointing. But like I said, um, he he at least didn't say you know get, get a wheelchair. I mean, I've heard horror stories. I'm sure you yeah. have too. Running your own self help group and um, here in the area when you were here right. about people being told you know well, might as well get a wheelchair, might as well get a van. You know this is it. And uh, 
neither one of us, you know, have, have been like that. Fortunately, we've done what everything we can to stay as mobile as possible and as active as possible. Yeah. And, and just keep living our lives. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's harder. Yeah. But everybody's got something, you know, that's, that's what you discover as you get older. And now the, the hard part about it is we've got all of our issues and now we're getting older on top of it. So try trying to figure out what's just old age injury. and what's the, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's not fair. I'm dealing fair. with one. Do I need another? Jeez. Exactly. I always, I kind of put that in my head always. If there's, you know, I was like, I have MS. I, I, I couldn't possibly, God couldn't possibly give me something else to deal with. But, you know, just because you have MS doesn't mean you well, can't get something yeah, else. So, guarantees, but, you know, no, there's no guarantees. Fine. We're fine. Yeah, we're fine. We're doing well, good. For doing we're doing good. Well, oh, of course. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, joining me and uh, we'll do this to get, again. Uh, what, if there's some like hot topic or, or, you know, wouldn't that be great if there was some kind of uh, breakout cure and then we can talk about that on here? We have you know. we can talk about. Oh, that's for sure. Well, if you if you think of something, you know, this is, like I said, a good, uh, a good medium, hopefully to reach people that um, may be at the beginning of their journey or, you know, not quite sure or have a loved one with it or, you know, whatever the reason they are listening to this. I hope they get I something out of it. You know, just one yeah. last thing, it just occurred to me. When mm-hmm. we were diagnosed, there were so few options for us um, as far as medications. Right. And so in a way, it made it easier. You know, intramuscular, uh, subcutaneous, or, uh, you know, mm-hmm. those were your choices. And um, right. now there are so many. I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know right. where to begin. <laughs> I wouldn't know how to make that choice. Oh, I know. I know. There's 20 yeah. something um, options, I think. Which 22, I think, right I'm now. Not complaining. It's just, yeah. man, things have changed yeah. for the better. Things have definitely changed. Yeah, which makes me feel really good. I, I think my biggest frustration is, and I know they're working on it, is to identify the gene. You know, I'd love to get my kids and grandkids tested for the gene. There isn't you one. Know. They haven't found one. There's many, apparently. Well, and I mean, they should be able to narrow it down. They can do it, narrow it down for breast cancer. Why can't they narrow it down for MS? Oh, no. That's, that boggles my mind. So hopefully they're, they're continuing to work on it. And why fundraising is so important because we've got to get to the bottom of this. We do. You know, before before our kids and grandkids have I to know. deal with it. You know? I know. And that's coming up. All right. I know. Yeah. It is. It is. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll talk thank soon. Thank you. All right. All you right. Too. Have a nice day.